Hey everybody, welcome to the Off The Bench Podcast. This is your host, as always, Sean Crowell. Super excited to have you guys in today and uh, I'm just gonna gonna jump right into it here. Um, So one thing that definitely caught me off guard yesterday was when Jimmy G ended up re-signing with the 49ers. Guys, he he came out with sort of an adjusted contract. They redid it so it wasn't 25 million anymore. I heard it's like six or seven million now. And it just completely, completely caught me off guard. I think me and just about everybody else expected him to get cut and then expected him to re-sign somewhere else, possibly with a Cleveland, possibly with a Seattle, possibly with the Giants. There was a few teams sort of lurking that could have been favorites for Jimmy G if he did get cut. And that was sort of the expectation. The idea was all along, We're going to keep Jimmy G for as long as possible to see if another quarterback gets hurt in training camp, okay? So you had a situation like where Zach Wilson ended up uh, bumping his knee up. He, uh, I think, sprained his MCL or or something like that. Don't don't quote me on that injury, but it, it just turned out to be something that wasn't that long. So a situation like that would have been the perfect situation for Jimmy G where the starter goes down. He's going to miss a bunch of time, at least half the season, four or five games, whatever it is, or, or, or more. And a team just doesn't want to throw their whole season away because their one quarterback got injured. So that's when the 49ers swoop in. Then they sort of got a team and they can hold them hostage. Okay, so that's what that's what they were sort of hoping for. And that's what everybody anticipated was, say, Zach Wilson's injury was worse. Then all of a sudden, the Jets, who actually do have a former relationship with the uh, San Francisco 49ers through Robert Sala, he used to be their defensive coordinator, then they could link up and the 49ers sort of have leverage over the Jets because they say, well, you don't want your season to be over immediately, so give us some good compensation you know, some draft picks or some players, whatever it might be, and we'll send you Jimmy G. So I believe, and I'm pretty sure everybody else tends to believe, that was sort of the MO that the 49ers were going for. So it just turned out to be this super weird thing when they decided to keep him because they got this young guy, Trey Lance, that they're trying to mold and they're trying to turn into the leader of their squad. And here you got the old guy, who is still there, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it doesn't make sense on, on multiple fronts. And the biggest one is just belief in your young quarterback, right? So if the 49ers have nothing but belief in their young quarterback, I'm just, I'm a little skeptical as to why they keep Jimmy G around, okay? And you might say to me, well, Sean, Jimmy G is an excellent quarterback, Right, So he's somewhere between, I'd say, 18 to 22 as far as starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Now he's obviously going to be your backup, but still one of the 18 to 22, I'd put him in that range right there. That's easily the best backup you're going to find. So somebody might say that to me or somebody who's arguing my point of view. But what I would say to them back is the quarterback is the most unique position in, in football. Right. So let's it's just in, as far as college goes, what you expect every single position, every single year, you expect incoming freshmen who are coming in and they're trying to take your job. 
And the coaching staff, when you're in college, is not necessarily opposed to that. See, the coaching staff is looking out for the best thing for the program, which is overall year after year after year. The player, ideally, they're looking at what's best for the program, but really, they're players. They're looking out for what's best for them. So they say, well, I want to start. I'm in position to start. I've been here three years. I've put in my time. Now I'm a senior. I'm ready to take that leap. But then you got the coaching staff who's like, well, we got this incoming freshman or this young sophomore who might be, eh, he might be just a hair below that senior. But what's going to happen by the time that sophomore or that freshman is a senior? Then they're going to be playing lights out because they're going to have so much experience and so much to gain. So that's kind of what you can expect in basically every single position in college, right? Whether you're the right guard or whether you're, uh, you know, the right corner. It doesn't matter. Whatever position you are, you always expect new incoming guys who are trying to take your job. That's not really any different in the NFL either, okay? In the NFL, it's even worse. It's even more so that way because the young guys come in and they're not getting paid anything, especially if you have a late round guy or an undrafted guy. So if all things are equal, this veteran middle linebacker is going to get cut because this free agent, this undrafted free agent middle linebacker is going to come in and they're getting paid way less and they're going to provide the same production. Plus, they're a young player, so they're theoretically ascending over a veteran guy who's not really ascending anymore and who might be declining. So that's just the nature of football and that's just the nature of the NFL. Quarterback is not like that at all. Guys, we see year after year what happens, not year after year, we see this very occasionally what happens, okay? So when a quarterback is potentially being replaced, it ends up being massive, massive news, okay? So we can look back a few years ago with the Jordan Love pick, right? So Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. Let's be honest. He looks like somewhat of a declining player after the 2019 season. So they get to the 2020 draft. They draft Jordan Love, okay? Rodgers looks like he's declining. He's getting up past his mid-30s at that point in time. And he just wasn't playing as well. Had sustained a few injuries, some collarbone type stuff. So what the Packers do is they say, well, we're just going to we're going to pick this new guy for the future. Well, that didn't go over very well. And it turned out to be this thing where apparently he was upset cuz he never got the memo. Apparently, they were a team that was right there, and so they were trying to get better, use that first-round pick on an actual starter. Well, guys, I really get it from the Green Bay point of view on that one. Now, the pick obviously didn't turn out. It doesn't look like Jordan Love's going to be a good player, but you could really see what they were doing. And the thing about the quarterback position, guys, is if it were any other position that the Packers drafted, it would have been no problem. They got a really, really good left tackle in Green Bay, right, Bakhtiari? If they drafted a, a top-tier left tackle with that pick, nobody bats an eye, right? Nobody bats an eye at all. What they would end up doing is just moving the guy over to the right side to play right tackle, or they'd move him into guard and play left guard, or they would just have him just be the backup. But Bakhtiari, believe me, he would not be sitting there crying while well, you drafted this left tackle, this is this big deal, you guys are trying to replace me. 
Bakhtiari would just go to work. He would just say, yeah, I'm the better guy. I'm going to start. And if you don't start me, then obviously I'm going to either get cut or I'm going to make all this money to sit on the bench. But guys, that's just every other position in football. The quarterback position is just this weird thing where, you know, you can't sort of have any competition. So that's really just the one position on the football field that is supposed to be set with, with limited competition, right? So if you have a quarterback competition going on, that's a bad thing, right? The Seahawks have a quarterback competition or had one at least before Gino was named the starter. And that was viewed as a bad thing because if you have two guys, you don't have, you don't have one. You really have zero. Okay, so that's just, that's the awkward, weird sort of situation that, that Jimmy G is in with, with Trey Lance and the Niners. This whole thing has been weird, right? So if you're, if you're a, if you're a linebacker on this team or the tight end, George Kittle, he's been, he's famously vouched for Jimmy G, right? He's famously been in his corner in interviews and, um, and, and stuff like that. He's sort of preached, Hey man, Jimmy's our guy. So are you supposed to suddenly just, if you're George Kittle, just switch up and say, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really want Jimmy G to be, to be the starter anymore. I want Trey Lance to be the guy. What's going to happen when they inevitably go, go on some sort of two game losing streak and Trey doesn't play very well. You're sitting there with the guy who his backup just took you to the title game last year in the Super Bowl a few years ago. And you're just supposed to sit there and ignore all the noise. Guys, this is this is eerily similar to a few years ago with with what they had down in Miami with Fitzpatrick and Tua. That's sort of what this thing is reminding me of, where you have Tua who they want Tua to be the guy, but it's like Fitzpatrick is the Jimmy G of the situation, and he's had some success in the league, and he come in and he's coming into the games, and it's just like all of a sudden he's turning it on. I just don't I just don't know how this is gonna go with this veteran sort of breathing down this young guy's neck and not necessarily that Jimmy would do that on purpose. Him being there is is what does it. Him being there is breathing down to his neck, breathing down Trey's Trey's neck. Okay, so that's the issue. And it's just all this all this outside noise to to just go out there and ignore this all. Guys, I just don't know about this. If just tell me if you're if you're over the moon about Trey Lance, and we've seen young guys come in and do extraordinarily well the past number of years. Lamar took his team to the playoffs the first year. He only started a few games as well. Sort of climbed them out of a, a hole that Joe Flacco put them in. We saw this with Herbert famously. He was tremendous in his first game against Mahomes. Mahomes gets out there in his first start and he's lighting it up. You know, Burrow in his second year is taking him to the Super Bowl. Shows promise in his first year. Guys, so uh, it's just one of those things. I don't know. If you're this 49ers coaching staff and you feel like, yeah, Trey is undoubtedly one of these guys, one of these top tier guys, then what are you keeping Jimmy G for? I understand that you have in injury concerns. You know, uh, the 49ers the past number of years, I think in 18 and then also in 20, their seasons really got derailed because Jimmy got hurt and he was their quarterback and the backups just weren't cutting it. So I understand if you want a high quality backup in there, and especially for a team like the Niners, 
but you gotta go out and get a different high quality backup. If you're gonna spend six million on a, on a high quality backup, you gotta spend it on somebody else. Okay, there's too much history between Jimmy G and, and this fan base, the coaching staff, just the players on the team. Again, I don't know if you're if you're George Kittle, man, how are you supposed to just backtrack on all that stuff you said about Jimmy G and just go wholeheartedly support Trey? I don't know, man. This is just a weird situation. It was weird from the start, man. He had a goodbye press conference, a farewell sort of press conference, and he's still here. The Niners, I don't know if you guys remember, early in the offseason, the Niners claimed that they had two second-round picks waiting for Jimmy G, and they were just waiting to trade him for a better offer. That was a downright lie. And if it wasn't a lie, and if they were waiting on a better offer, then they looked terrible, because that was a horrible choice. They should have absolutely traded Jimmy G for two second rounders, if that was true. So either way, it looks bad. You either called their bluff or you're stupid for not taking the deal. So, guys, the whole thing, the whole thing's been weird. He's been practicing off to the side, you know. It, it, he's been throwing off on the separate field. I listened to this sort of 49ers-based podcast, one of my one of my guys that I listen to, and, and he says that he's been to a ton of training camp practices, and Jimmy G's, he's out there sweating his butt off as the guys are walking out to practice. He's like finishing his throwing session on an opposite field and then he's going home for the day and hanging it up. It's just this weird, weird situation. Very uncomfortable. And if you're if you're Trey, I just don't know how you're supposed to succeed in this role. How you're supposed to just say, yeah, this is definitely my team when the guy who it, it's actually his team who took the team to the Super Bowl and the conference title game is just sitting behind you. It's just, it's not a good, not a good situation. And I'm not sure this ends super well. Maybe I eat my words, man. Maybe Trey goes down. Maybe Jimmy G comes in, keeps him afloat. You know, I that's best case scenario for the Niners. But just as far as the social aspect in the locker room, the confidence of your young quarterback, it just, I don't know about the situation. I don't think it looks good. So the Seahawks quarterback competition is over. And um, they named Geno the starter. I don't think you can really blame him. Especially after watching Drew in these preseason games. He had that bad sack that sort of cost him the first preseason game. He didn't adjust the protection. Didn't see it beforehand. Pre-snap just didn't work out on that one. Then he ended up throwing three picks. I think one of them wasn't really his fault. The two others were like, "Ah, Drew, those are just bad. And it's like, you know, Gino, he played all right. And he didn't really make too many mistakes. And he sort of, um, you know, his bad plays were kind of, they were sacks. And they ended up, you know, you just got to punt after a sack instead of, instead of, you know, these turnovers that were really bad. But guys, something that I'm wondering about is all I've been hearing for the past, I don't know, whenever the trade happened and whenever we picked up, I think it was March, February, I don't know. Whenever we ended up picking up Drew Locke in that trade, all I heard the whole time was Drew is the more talented guy than Gino. And I hear that from everybody, okay? So I heard that from I heard that from Seattle Radio, this the podcast that I listen to in Seattle. 
I heard that from the national guys, okay? You guys know I listen to Cowherd. I listen to Bill Simmons. I listen to some, some of these other guys, okay? And they've all said it. Even even guys who are just sort of fans. You know, I coach at the local high school, you guys know. And, and my fellow coaches, they even have the same opinion. Drew is more talented. And guys, I I agree to a certain extent. But I think we have to really sort of look at it again and reshape what does it mean to be more talented? So what does Drew do better than Gino? Drew, certainly what he does better, I get he can throw from more arm angles. You've certainly seen that from more awkward arm angles with uh, his feet sort of at awkward with his hips kind of open, you know, stuff like that off his back foot um, on the run stuff like that. So, you know, I'd certainly say that he's better in some of those aspects, the way that the way that he throws. But guys, I, I don't know if there's much more than that. Okay, so I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, I guess he's supposed to be a better mover, right? And look, I'm maybe not the best guy to talk about Drew, because I didn't see him much in Denver. I wasn't watching Denver games. So maybe some of you Bronco fans can can interject here. I guess he's a better He's a better athlete than than a guy like Gino. Okay, but what I didn't see much of that this preseason. So I didn't see Drew running around making some plays this preseason, and I don't expect him to be Lamar or Russell, of course, but just running here and there. I don't know. I saw Gino do that more often than not. Now Gino got in some bad sacks trying to escape and ended up going backwards. That was certainly ugly. I don't know if Drew necessarily did that. But I saw Gino in that first game run for, I think, a first down. He ran for that touchdown. It was just a couple of yards. You know, so it's like, I guess he's supposed to be the better runner. I didn't really see that on display. So it's like, you know, can you call him, can you call him more talented? That's, again, I just keep coming back to that question. So what's it take, if you're building a perfect quarterback on Madden, what are the attributes that, that they have? They have they have accuracy, they have decision making, they have throwing with anticipation, they have all sorts of pre-snap stuff like reading coverages and reading uh, you know if they're gonna blitz or not, whether to shift the line, whether to slide them over, stuff like that, all, all that pre-snap stuff. Okay, getting them into the right play, that's also sort of a pre-snap thing. So these are all things, plus you have the stuff we talked about that Drew's really good at, throwing at awkward arm angles, off-platform, stuff like that. It sort of goes into the arm talent bucket, you know, that, that sort of, that's the new phrase these days that, that the, the people love, the arm talent. So I look at all of these things. You also, you, I forgot, you also have the movement one, right? The one that Russell for years did so well that Lamar is obviously uh, probably the best ever at. The movement, can they escape? Can they escape behind the line of scrimmage? So I'm looking at what is what is Drew check of these boxes versus what is what does Gino check of these boxes? Well, I'm looking at throwing with some anticipation. So far, I've seen both of them sort of throw before a guy is open as they're getting open. I'd say they both kind of check that box. As far as throwing with accuracy, I'd say Gino's been throwing more accurately than, than Drew has. 
guys, Drew has is, Drew is put some balls in harm's way. And maybe that's less accuracy and maybe that's more decision-making. I don't know. But either way, I think you can give them both to Gino. If not, definitely decision-making. You look at pre-snap, guys. Uh, obviously, the one that really sticks out negatively is that one against Pittsburgh where Drew got drilled in the back and lost the ball because pre-snap, he didn't, he didn't get it right. He couldn't see that they were coming. He needed to slide the line over or slide the back over or whatever it was to give himself some time. Drew's been better in that department. Or excuse me, Gino's been better in that department. You know, I look at all of these things and I'm like, I just feel like Gino checks more of these boxes than Drew does. But I guess because he can throw from more arm angles, that means he's more talented. But what does that mean? Should you give Drew drew the opportunity because he's more talented quote unquote but it's like you looked at it yeah he might be able to throw from some off-platform angles but i watched his decision making as poor his accuracy could be better you know pre-snap he didn't excel so it's like i don't know we keep saying he's more talented guys and i just want us to sort of what does that mean that he's more talented I guess he's supposed to be able to run better, but I didn't really see him run too much. Gino is actually the one he kind of ran for a touchdown and made something happen there. He ran for a first down. I don't think, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting here saying Gino's the most mobile guy. He's not. But I'm looking at, I'm comparing the two over this preseason, and it's just, it's just hard for me to say, yeah, Drew is definitely the more talented guy. I've seen Gino make some nice throws as well. Okay, and are they sidearm? No. Are they off-platform? No. But that's just not what Gino is. And that's okay. Does that mean that he's less talented? I don't know. He's playing better. Who cares about who's the more talented guy? Who, who is playing better? So that's where I just, I'm thinking about talent and what does that actually mean? If you want to say Drew's the more talented guy, then explain to me why he's not playing as well. And if it's decision-making, if it's accuracy, if it's pre-snap, then can you, can you definitely just say he's the more talented guy? I don't know. I don't want to get him confused. There's who is the better player and who is the more talented player. I do understand there's a distinction, but I don't understand is why we keep harping on the fact that Drew is a more talented guy, quote-unquote, if he keeps playing worse. Who cares if he's the more talented guy? He keeps screwing up. So Julio Rodriguez, is uh, he's the Mariners rookie that's just destroying it this year. Um, he's absolutely taking baseball by storm. Guys, he might be the best young player in, in baseball. Uh, and I say that with all due respect to, to Soto. I say that with... All due respect to, to the other guys, Tatis, uh, you know, Vlad Jr. Guys, Julio might just be the next big thing. Might might just be better than all of them. You know, he, he got this massive, massive contract. And I've just been thinking about what gets you paid in sports. And, and we're going to definitely be talking, obviously, baseball, because Julio is a baseball guy. But these things sort of transcend through all, all of the the major sports in the game, you name it. The first one, guys, it's most obvious to me. The first one and the first thing that gets you paid is youth. Guys, if your best years are ahead of you, you are going to get 
paid more than if your best years are are behind you. Obviously, you don't want to pay a guy for for what they've done in the past, but you want to pay him for what they've done in the future. So Julio just being, I think he's like 21 years old, he obviously checks that box, guys. So youth, youth is one thing that gets you paid. Another thing that gets you paid is statistics. Let's just be honest. Your statistics and where they project out into the future, into the coming years, that gets you paid. Baseball is is obviously a statistics game. Not everything necessarily is all statistics, though. We can all agree that a quarterback who um, doesn't have the best statistics still might just be the best quarterback. Tom Brady hasn't had the best statistics throughout his career other than, you know, that 07 season. But guys, he is obviously the best. He's been the best quarterback for the past 20 years, best quarterback in the game. And it's not it's not his stats necessarily. Right. So so stats, they are important. They will help get you paid. I'm not saying they're everything, though. Julio, he has the statistics. That's for sure. Uh, home runs, stolen bases. Um, you know, his fielding is is excellent. I know they have advanced statistics for that. Uh, you know, his exit velo, his average hard hit balls. Um, guys, they're, they're tremendous. Uh, he obviously puts up numbers. Guys, so he has that. Then you look at, at some of the other boxes. Um, can you do multiple things? Guys, if you can do multiple things well, that is going to help get you paid. If you can only do one or two things well, then it's just kind of, it's easier to stop you, right? Now, Giannis is not this much, uh, not as much this way anymore, but he used to just be, I'm going to drive to the lane guy. And he couldn't shoot very well. Uh, he wasn't a great distributor, uh, things like that. Didn't didn't necessarily dribble the best earlier in his career, um, as, as well as he can now anyway. And so guys, that that is an example of a guy who, he does one thing really well, but he needs to work on some other things. Okay, so LeBron throughout his career does a lot of things really, really well. You know, he can shoot it well. He's obviously, his best trait is his passing ability, the way he sees the floor, the way he sets guys up. He can dribble. He can take it to the rack. Um, you know, so it's like, can you score at three levels? That type of thing. So can you do multiple things well? will help get you paid. Guys, and you look at Julio, and he's truly a five to a player, truly a five to a player, okay? Can throw it really well, can field it, hits for contact, hits for power. What's the other one? Speed? He's definitely got the speed. So guys, he can do multiple things well, whereas some guys, maybe they're just more power hitters. That's fine. But if you want to get paid the big bucks, if you want to get paid a massive contract, you got to be able to do multiple things well, and he does that. But guys, there's one thing... There's one thing, and it's sort of a, a bucket of things that I believe gets you paid beyond beyond just like that big amount of money and into this sort of stratosphere of getting some serious cash when it comes to sports. Um, and the other guy, along with Julio, who I sort of associate with something like this, is Patrick Mahomes. And it's it's the stuff that you can't really put your finger on. And if you can, you can't do it that well. Right? So it's it's for Julio the sort of the joy that he plays with. He plays he plays the game like a child plays little league. He plays with such joy and such passion for the game. It's contagious. 
Okay, Pat Mahomes does the same thing. He goes out there and he's such a competitor. He's such a leader. He's so joyful when he plays. Okay, so that's the, it's sort of the intangible things. And it's, it's obviously not just joy. It's, it's your leadership. Do you show up every day and are you the same guy? Are you the consistent, consistently great guy? Not, not just the statistics. We've talked about the stats. But it's, it's the intangibles, guys. So do you show up? Do you show up every single day and you're the same guy mentally? Do you play the game a certain way with a certain swagger? Do you play the game that appeals to fans? Do you wear your heart on your sleeve when you're playing while still maintaining control of yourself? This is what Julio does, guys. And you can tell the stadium absolutely loves this kid. They absolutely feed off of him. I was there the other night with my brother. This is, uh, you know, the third or fourth game I've been to this year. They love Julio, okay? And it's because of that passion and that energy that he plays with. The same thing can be said about Pat Mahomes. He sort of, whenever he makes a play, you just see just his energy, the way that he lifts himself up, the way that he carries himself with his teammates. You, you, can't, you can't help but sort of be a fan of the guy. In my opinion, that is what's going to launch you into that next tier of, of, of just generational wealth, okay? That's what launches you from, you know, $300 million to, to $400 and $450 million, okay? So that, that's sort of intangible stuff, okay? And so when I think about what gets you paid, do you check all these boxes, right? Are you young? Do you put up the stats? Um, can you do multiple things? But guys, the one that we don't talk about enough is the intangible stuff. Who you are as a guy, your teammate, your leadership, how do you play the guy you are every day? Okay. And when the stars align and you check every single box, like a guy like Pat Mahomes and like a guy like Julio, guys, you're going to get paid a monstrous bag. A monstrous amount of money. I couldn't be more happy to watch Julio be a Mariner for the next, hopefully, 15 years. Next, the rest of his career. Rest of his career, hopefully. All right, guys. Time for the off-the-bench MVP. Today, I'm going to go with uh, San Francisco 49ers rookie receiver Danny Gray. Guys, Danny Gray has been absolutely amazing so far in this camp. Uh, like I told you guys earlier, I, I sort of listened to this. I guess it's kind of a 49ers-based podcast, uh, but they just I just like the guys. I don't really like the Niners, obviously, but I just like the guys who talk. And they, they've just been raving about Danny Gray. Guys, I've seen some highlights from earlier in this preseason from some camp, uh, some stuff that I dug up. And guys, he's been brilliant so far. He had an amazing uh, touchdown against the Packers in their week one preseason game. A bomb that he ended up catching uh, ended up being 76 yards and a touchdown. Guys, he's been he's been brilliant so far. Um, you know, the Niners, they, they do a nice job finding receivers. I'll tell you what. They got, you know, obviously Debo. They got Ayuk. This Danny Gray kid looks pretty good. Uh, they're not doing so bad with Kittle either at tight end. So I'll tell you what, guys, uh, the Niners, they just, I guess they know how to scout them. Um, I, I can't really come up with another explanation for it. But guys, Danny Gray is my off-the-bench MVP today. Okay, guys, so when it comes to 11 personnel, I, I think he'll probably be on the field. But again, guys, he was pick like 105 or pick 100 or something 
late in the third round, guys, Danny Gray. He's been doing a really, really nice job for the Niners. Yeah, guys, he's my off-the-bench MVP today. All right, guys, that'll just about do it for us today. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Guys, again, I just think this Jimmy G situation is weird, and I'm just red flagging this thing. This thing's just, it's just a weird situation. Uh, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the Seahawks quarterback situation, and then also, you know, I, if you haven't gotten a chance to see Julio play yet, guys, Julio Rodriguez, you got to see this kid play. He just, he lights up the room. He lights up the field. The camera loves him. Just just the way that he plays, guys. He brings in energy. But yeah, other than that, guys, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you guys know the drill, guys. Uh, if you guys want to reach out for topics, uh, you know, I always appreciate retweets and likes on when I post this stuff. Uh, you know, share it with your friends if you want. Of course, I'd love that. Um, but other than that, guys, that'll just about do it for us today. You guys have a good one.